Okay. What's up, everybody? That was a clap to start this thing because there is no guest today. So as you know, our owner, Ryan Middleton, always gets on me about just starting these podcasts on the fly. Like I just start mid-sentence. So today, we started it with a clap. See, that's very official. I'm growing up over here, guys, on the Pittsburgh Combat Sports Podcast. I am the 247 General Manager, Hunter Homestack. If you guys have listened to the show before, been following 247 Fighting Championships, probably know me by now, and I'm sorry that you know this face, truly. I wish you guys could unsee this face and unhear this voice, but I'm still here. We're still rocking. So today's podcast had a couple guests lined up that unfortunately could not make the show today. And I thought that was actually the perfect opportunity to talk about something that's been bothering me a little bit. You know, we had Brawl in the Bird 12 back on July 9th at the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows. Freaking amazing show. Thank you to everybody who came out there and just showed up in such a big way. That crowd was incredible. The atmosphere was incredible. Our sponsors were incredible. Everything about that show, the fighters, oh my goodness, the fights themselves were unbelievable. If you guys haven't watched the event, if you missed it in person and haven't seen the replay, go to our website, 247fighting.com. This is not me like just trying to sell you something. This is me telling you like if you want to watch an incredible night of fights, it's there. The replay is available, and, and you definitely did miss out. We warned you, though. We did warn you. So the fighters showed up. Everything about the event was freaking incredible. I mean, post-fight, there's various ways, right, for a promoter, for a promotion to judge how well a show's doing. Everybody thinks that you only look at dollars and cents. You know, how many tickets did you sell? How much money did you make? And, of course, we're paying attention to those things, and we care about those things a lot. And this, this show definitely sold well, you know. I think people would be absolutely baffled if they knew the amount of money that it takes to run an MMA show, people who think that we're getting just filthy rich on these shows, it is not the case, unfortunately. Not yet. They're very expensive to run. We are very fortunate to be doing what we're doing. But at the core of it, we're putting on shows that you know we're, we're very proud of and we're not cutting corners with anything. And I think that's a big reason why the shows are so successful, why our brand is able to grow the way it is and why we're on the path we are. But in the Post-fight, another way that I like to judge the success of a show is how popular are the posts? How much do people want to see photos after the fight? How much do people want to see videos after the fight? How much do people care about the fights even after they're over? Because that's a little tougher to gauge, right? You can always look at all your social analytics. You can see how many impressions you got, how many people like your posts, things like that. But you're not going to be selling tickets. You're not necessarily going to be selling anything directly. So gauging the general buzz of an event after the show is sometimes difficult to do. But I think with this show, it was incredibly obvious. And this was our second show that had the Sony A7 camera. If anybody heard us talk about this Sony camera, you may have seen it at the event on a big old gimbal. We got my guy from college, Parm. Dan Sweeney Parm running that camera on the live stream. It's used for like walkouts and fighter intros and the post fight speech and things like that. I mean, you can tell a clear difference in the quality of this camera. So this was our second show using that camera. And we're very excited to, you know, be able to feature some highlights with that camera and things like that to show it off to a larger audience. It just looks so good. Like the quality of this camera just looks so good. 
So we debuted it at Flood City Fight Night 2. And obviously some videos from that event went pretty crazy. You know, Josh Vasoki's insane knockout of Des Ford. That thing blew up on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere we posted it. That thing blew up, even made some like YouTube, very popular YouTube con content creators were using that and talking about that kind of went, you know, mini viral for us. I would definitely call that clip viral. And in the wake of this event, in the wake of Brawl on the Bird 12, man, it was like we couldn't miss with these clips. Like every clip was so popular. Everything that I posted, everybody was here for it. And the pro card at Brawl on the Bird 12 was obviously insane, but it was a lot of the amateur clips that people were going nuts about because we did, you know, we talked a lot about the wrestlers coming in, James Leto, current pit wrestler, WVU grad wrestler, Lucas Siebert won that night, Tony Welsh, another D1 wrestler and also a Whippeal champion debuted. They all won that night. So they all put on amazing performances and people were obviously excited to see them. But this is where, you know, some controversy also popped up. And this is why I wanted to, to do this podcast. You know, Ryan and I have talked about this a lot. Um, unfortunately, Ryan couldn't make the podcast, but this is one that I felt comfortable, you know, handling myself. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. I'll start with that. I posted a video. It was me. If you guys want to know who the bad guy behind this post was, it was me. I made this post of James Lido, the pit wrestler, smiling during his fight against Derek Brown. And there's a lot to unpack with this, right? He, James Lido was very excited for this fight in general. There was nothing going to hold him back from this fight. He took it at a higher weight than his coaches, that his stout coaches really wanted him to fight. Um, they weren't necessarily excited about James fighting up in weight and having basically no weight cut at all. I mean, James, that was his walking around weight. Um, but he wanted this fight and he was in good spirits. His family was incredible, man. Shout out big Jim Lido, by the way, one of James Lido's dad is one of the best dudes. He was an absolute character and I love getting to meet him and, and James's family, man. They showed up in a big way and supported him. You can tell that they're very excited to support their son and, and come out and man, as you know, strong, strong family background myself my mom and dad were incredible my entire life my family dynamic is crazy strong i love seeing stuff like that man i just love when parents come out to support their kids like that it was awesome to see and Lori busick shout out Lori busick as well bronco busick's mom she was an absolute legend at that event as well and turned up in a big way but james leto's fight obviously turned a lot of heads obviously got a lot of attention Obviously got some media coverage both leading up and after the fight. But it's important to note that James Leto was incredibly excited walking to the ring. Like, here's our here's our Instagram. Um, 247 Fighting Championships. Go follow us. Um, <laughs> here's James Leto. You can see in this thumbnail. This is him walking to the cage. Just absolutely cheesing, smiling, right? He's having the time of his life. And... That's important to keep in mind because during the fight with Derek Brown, there was a point. I don't remember if it was the first round. I truly don't remember which round it was, but he was on top dominating the fight with his wrestling and he just smiles for the camera. Like he just literally cheeses again, just like in that thumbnail, he just cheeses. And this was something that 
my wife, my mom and dad, my friend Tony from Cincinnati, who always comes in for the fights to support the cause. He, after the fight, like everybody told me about it, like, oh man, that was awesome when James Lito like smiled for the camera. Did you guys see him smile? Like apparently everybody knew that he did it. It was very obvious. I guess they could see it on the TV that was showing our live stream on the cage and everything. So it it showed some swag and confidence, right? Everybody loves that. Another guy, like shout out Lucas Siebert. On our Instagram, once again, like I'll show you right now, the little thumbnail here, like Siebert's right here. Like that, he was feeling it. He was feeling himself. And even Ethan Goss says on commentary, Siebert's feeling himself here. Like these wrestlers come in, man, with a lot of confidence. And they're very excited to put on a show. They're very excited to show off their skill set in a new environment. Let's not forget, you know, this is MMA. This isn't wrestling. Not every wrestler who transitions to MMA just magically find success it's not a not a guarantee that you're going to come in and just wreck shop with just wrestling so these guys were feeling it when they realized that they were in control of their fights feeling good and able to show off some things yeah they're feeling it man they're feeling good and james Lido was definitely feeling good against Derek brown and that was something that i wanted to showcase i thought about it this way like if the u if that happened in the ufc let's take any fight let's say Khabib is on top of Connor and just starts smiling for the camera. Do you really think the UFC isn't going to post that clip? Like they are going to make that clip go viral. That is awesome. That is what they're going to want to showcase, which I do understand is a different situation when you're talking about two top level pros, right? These are two debut amateurs. Both guys were O and O and this is where we received a lot of negative feedback, which you guys, if you followed the podcast, if you listen to me for any amount of time, you know, like I don't deal in negativity. I don't deal in negativity in my personal life. I don't deal in negativity in my professional life. It's not something that I feed into, but when it crosses a line and when it becomes overwhelming and when it is intentionally deceitful once again by a particular person talking about it and spurning some people to come to our page and leave nasty comments and try to rile up some criticism it's very obvious. I mean, we know we have haters. We know that we have people who don't want us to succeed and hate seeing us do anything well, but we want to do good things. We want to grow the Western Pennsylvania combat sports community and even beyond Western Pennsylvania. We've talked about this repeatedly, repeatedly that there's no reason that Western PA can't be a hub for combat sports with the wrestling background, with everybody's love for fighting. Some of the best boxers of all time like legends we're talking about harry greb billy Kahn, some of the best boxers of all time from pittsburgh it's fighting is in pittsburgh's dna and that's why we think that mma should be as big as these other combat sports and that's exactly what we want to accomplish and that's exactly the stage that we want to give these fighters that's exactly what we want to showcase both in our events themselves, of course, but also post-fight, pre-fight, we want to be giving them the shine. We want to show that these incredible athletes are right here in Western PA, competing right here in Western PA, and you guys need to pay attention. So while I'm glad that clip got a ton of attention, obviously got a ton of engagement and positive engagement too, I'm not saying everybody who commented, liked, shared it, was, was upset about it, but the people who thought that we were clowning Derek Brown that we were talking poorly on Derek Brown are just so misguided and so wrong. And I understand that the post was set up in such a way that you were led to think that, right? 
you were supposed to think, oh, they're the bad guys here. And wow, how could they do a fighter so dirty like this? But anybody with a brain and anybody paying attention and anybody who knows the business knows that that's not true, which is what sucks more about this is that the person who started this controversy truly knows better. And it was intentional once again. So when that line's crossed and we see some fighters jumping aboard and some people chiming in, I just felt like it was appropriate to address it. I mean, it goes without saying that we would never disrespect any fighter who steps into our cage. As, as I say repeatedly, the amount of courage that it takes to get in that cage is unfathomable by me personally. I'm not getting in there. I'm not. Zero percent chance I'm getting in there. Every time these fighters do that, they put in a camp. They do their paperwork. They weigh in. They promote the fight. They show up. They do everything they need to do. And then they make that walk into the cage to fight another human being who has also been training to hurt them. Mad respect. I, I again, can't fathom what that feels like. And I think I saw... Ferdaz Naimi, Bobby Murda, post a picture of himself with his hand raised after his fight from BP12 and said something like, 99% of people will never know this feeling. And he's so right. <laughs> it's not even the feeling of victory. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people need to understand is that we don't care who wins and loses. We truly do not care who wins and loses. We want to put on good fights and we want to grow the combat sports scene in Western PA. It's not about winning and losing. That's why that James Leto clip and people taking it out of context rubbed me the wrong way badly. So if the goal was to, you know, upset us and make us mad, wow, like mission accomplished kind of <laughs> like like it bugged me for sure, but I also saw right through it. So we had fighters reaching out to us privately, by the way, just confirming what we already knew and that it was an obvious attempt to rile us up and whatnot and saying, you know, we appreciate what you guys are doing for the scene and we know who you are. It was nobody who's ever competed for us or dealt with us directly who had a problem with it, by the way, which is very important because you can say anything on the Internet. You can pretend that anything is true on the Internet. But if you've never fought for us, dealt with us directly, then maybe you don't actually understand the way we treat our fighters. Because there's a lot behind the scenes that you guys definitely don't see, that you can't see legally. I mean, from the, from the time a fighter signs his or her contract with us until the time they step in the cage, until the time they leave the premises that night, and even after that, we're in touch with them. We are very in touch with them. And we treat them well Every step of the way, it's something that I take immense pride in is the way we treat our fighters and the way I personally interact with our fighters. I make a point to see every fighter win or lose before and after their fight. Thank them for coming. Thank them for putting on a show. Thank them for what they do. Because like I said, I, I don't understand what it takes to get into the cage. I don't. Like I've never done it. I'm never going to do it. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend I understand what that takes. But I do understand that I don't understand. <laughs> and that alone is just massive respect in my mind. You know, we had so many debuting amateurs that night that it just hit me like all of these guys came out and just put it on the line, man. Like they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. They never fought before inside the cage and they came out and they put on a freaking show that was incredible 
at Brawl in the Berg 12. So where Derek Brown is concerned and where the clowning, air quotes if you guys are just listening, clowning of Derek Brown is concerned, it's so misguided. It is preposterous that it could ever go there and anybody could ever think that's what we're doing. I mean, if you guys go to Odin's Instagram right now, Derek Brown, Odin Zeus Brown on Instagram, Odin the Destroyer. If you go, I'll just pull it up. How about I just pull it up? We have the technology here, Hunter. If you go to his profile picture right now on Instagram, it's us. First photo, it's us. It's us. It's us. This is from the event. It's us. This is him reflecting on the fight. It's us. You guys are offended for somebody who has not offended himself. <laughs> and that his mom... Here, I'll pull this up. I think it's on this. Right here. His mom. Thank you for giving my son the opportunity. Seeing in him what I've been witnessing for years. The hospitality was number one and very professional. Can't wait till we reach the top with you guys. That's Derek Brown's mom. His mom, who was at the event, thanking us for giving her son the opportunity to showcase his skills in the cage. Now, we have a bunch of people who don't know Derek Brown, who don't know us, who don't know what we do, who don't know what we're trying to do for the combat sports scene, commenting, saying that just nasty stuff. Stuff that I'm not going to repeat, stuff that I'm not going to feed into too much. Tell me who you think has a better perspective on the situation. Derek Brown and his mom, who was in attendance, or these people who only want to harm us and slow us down. That's how I'm going to put that situation, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say about it. Um, James Leto obviously reached out to us and said, you know, he appreciated the opportunity, and he's not worried at all about the negativity that came from it. He's definitely letting it glide off his back like a champ, like a professional. He's handling it extremely well as well. We had, like I said, other fighters reach out and basically tell us to not worry about it, that they know who we are. The people who have actually worked with us know who we are and, and know what we do. But it's like I said, man, at a certain point, you got to put your foot down, right? You're not just going to let yourself get beat up, let people slander you online, let people say stuff that's just not true. That's the, that's the part that sucked. And here's the part that I want to avoid and why I felt strongly about just addressing it on this podcast is that I don't want some debut fighter who hasn't worked with us, but would maybe like to, to see that and be like, Whoa, 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 they're shady, huh? I'm never going to fight for them or their coaches or their team. Like whoever it may be, like there are also fans out there, right? There are a lot of fans out there that maybe have never been to our show, but maybe that's the first thing they see because the clip was extremely popular. Maybe that's the first thing they see of us. And that's their first impression. I mean, first impressions definitely matter. And it's so false, man. Like so much of that is just not who we are, not what we're doing. And I will concede one point here. I will say one thing. When I posted that clip, it included James Lido smiling, right? Cheesing for the camera. And then also rolled into Lido letting Derek up off the ground just to take him down again, like slam him again, show off his wrestling again, as he did throughout that fight. That was maybe uncalled for. Like, maybe I should have just left it at the smiling. So while everybody's out there hating and whatnot, just know that, like, I'm constantly thinking of ways to make things better as well, to learn from my mistakes. And it's not 
It's not that I think I or we can't mess up at all. It's that I know we didn't mess up in this situation. And it was just lies and unnecessary chatter going on. And I would just urge anybody who sees stuff like that directed to us to talk to us, to talk to me, to talk to Ryan, to talk to Jim, our matchmaker. We will talk to you like human beings talk face to face or on the phone or on a Zoom call or restream like we are right now. We will talk like human beings do, not in little comments back and forth where nobody can really pick up what you're saying and intentions can be misconstrued and things like that. That's not what we do. This drama is not why we got into this or what we want to feed into. So again, I would urge anybody to just consider the source when things like this happen. We are growing. We are trying to do great things in Western PA and beyond. Like I said, there's always going to be speed bumps. Anybody, any fighter, certainly who stepped in there can understand that mentality. There's always people trying to bring you down, trying to prevent you from reaching your goals whenever you're doing something special. And that's exactly what we're trying to do right now. And we understand that's what it is. I promise you that at the end of the day, I'm sleeping fine and none of this is really deeply bothering me except for, like I said, the possibility that a fighter who would be interested in fighting for us but then gets the wrong impression, something like that, a coach, a teammate, a fan – if it's somebody's first impression of us and it's totally false, of course, I'm going to care about that. Of course, we work extremely hard to build our brand and to do great things and to make sure that we are on the up and up with our fighters, with the coaches, that we're treating everybody respectfully. And if we're not, if something's wrong, we want to talk to them ASAP and make it right. So, yeah, I uh, kind of rambled there, guys. I'm really sorry about that. But I promise you there will not be many podcasts dealing with stuff like this. Um, I hope you guys liked it. Obviously, I hope you enjoy listening to it and getting a little more behind the scenes look at how things work and what things are and the things that we deal with for sure. I hope you guys do enjoy that at least. But where Derek Brown's concerned, he wants to fight for us again. He's been bugging us to fight again, and we're certainly going to work to make that happen. Um, he doesn't feel disrespected at all. James Lido understood what we were going for there as well. A lot of fighters, a lot of coaches understood what we were going for there as well. Um, and that's ultimately what matters to us. So thank you to everybody who did understand and, and got what we were doing there. And to the ones who thought that we were intentionally causing controversy or being disrespectful, I would just politely ask you to reconsider. <laughs> because that's completely not who we are, not what we were doing, not what we're going to be. But uh, yeah, so that's it, man. Brunberg 12 was nuts i told ryan you know i want to do a podcast just to kind of wrap that up and give thanks to everybody involved because it was an insane night like i said it was an absolutely nuts night inside the hollywood casino at the meadows event center there it was packed it was awesome man we're super proud of what we did there and for anybody who was there that saw the stream we're already thinking of so many ways to make it better next time we're going to be in monroeville october 1st for brawl in the bird 13 and then back at the hollywood casino at the meadows october 22nd for brawl in the bird 14 so we're going two events in october and both of them are going to be absolute bangers we've already got some fights lined up we're working on some other fights if you guys want to fight for us i would encourage you to to talk to people like Derek brown to talk to siebert to talk to james leto talk to tony welsh talk to their coaches Talk to the fighters who have actually dealt with us. 
talk to the people who actually know and not the people who are speculating or trying to cause drama and controversy. Get actual facts. Don't just take things that you see on Facebook and Instagram for truth because they're not true. Let me tell you, social media is pretty fake, ladies and gentlemen. So talk to us as well. We're always here. Like I said, Ryan's always there. I'm always here. Jim, our matchmaker, is always here. We actively want to talk to you. We enjoy it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about it, guys. I just wanted to wrap that up. It was annoying. I'm not going to lie. It did annoy me, but uh, I'm sleeping fine. We're doing fine. We're chugging along. Got two events in October. We thank you all for the support, and I'm sorry if this podcast was not your speed and you only want to listen to other fighters talk. Listen, I know. Look, I'm not Zack Snyder. I'm not as awesome as Zack Snyder or Adam Milstead or Mark Cherico or Kama or these guys that I've had on the podcast that are usually on the podcast with me. I'm probably more handsome than Ryan, but that's really not saying too much. But I'm sorry. You got me solo today. I had to address this. Like I said, it's just been bugging me. And this is the podcast is a 247 Pittsburgh Combat Sports Podcast. I can do what I want. I wanted to do that. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you got a, a glimpse behind. And always, like, leave me questions. Like, leave me topics that you want to hear talk about. Because before I was in this industry, before I was GM of – 247 fighting championships there was a lot i didn't know and there's still a lot i don't know i'm learning every freaking day this business is crazy and i'm always happy to talk about it to talk about this behind the scenes stuff to talk about some things that you maybe normally don't hear about or don't see don't realize um i actually really enjoy talking about these things as you can tell going on you know 25 plus minutes of me rambling here so if you have particular topics that you want to hear me talk about please let me know and we'll get that done. Until then, guys, October 1st is going to come up quickly in Monroeville, Brandenburg 13. We're going to stack that card up for you guys. I promise you're going to love this fight card. It's going to be sick, and I cannot wait for it. We're moving on. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me again, and we will see you next week.